1: How to dream cowboys today we're recapping and reviewing Wally the 2008 Pixar film starring Jeff Garland and Sigourney Weaver I'm James and I'm Ryan and this is the West World podcast so this came up last week I'm not a huge Pixar guy I'm more of a Disney Studios guy I know there's not a huge difference anymore. It's also synonymous with being dead inside. Right. <laughs> but wall pretty good. I, I'm a big fan of like the, the, the Pixar animated shorts, which don't have any dialogue for the most part. And, and wall doesn't have any dialogue for a, a big part of it. Yeah, a word is not said in WALL-E. For a good part of the first half of it, there is a Pixar short that goes along with Wally, called Bernie, and I'll try to point out the moments in time in which the short and the movie cross each other. Wally e came out in 2008. It's directed by Andrew Stanton, who also directed A Bug's Life and Finding Nemo, but I was looking up Andrew Stanton, like, trivia, I don't know why, on websites, and there was this first comment, and it was like, You direct one John Carter, and it doesn't matter how many Finding Nemo's you have, you're the director of John Carter. Ouch. Yeah, it's a tough time. He's a guy who has three movies, two of which are 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, another that is 99. And he also has a 50% on Rotten Tomatoes with John Carter because of how god-awful that movie is. Yeah, Disney was like, okay, we did it with Pirates of the Caribbean, we're going to do it again uh, with Cowboys and with Aliens. We're going to do it with the Lone Ranger and we're going to do it with uh, John Carter. And they fucked it up both times and nobody liked them. However, I do know this factoid, John Carter, huge in Russia, opened to a huge weekend in Russia. Why do you know that? Because I was looking up like, because sorry any Russians or Chinese people listening, but they have terrible taste in Hollywood blockbusters. And the number wow, one. What are you sorry? They don't forgive you. The number one, uh, not number one, but the number two opening weekend blockbuster in Russia. You know what it is? No. It's Pirates 4. Well, obviously, that was the seminal work of the Pirates franchise. Uh, I just love the people who they saw Pirates 4 Friday night and they told all their friends, dude, this is the best Pirates. You got to get out there. You got to get out. You got to get there before the week ends up. You're 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 wasting... Every moment you're standing in front of me is another moment you're not watching Pirates 4. Andrew Stanton also directed two episodes of Stranger Things from Season 2, which I haven't watched, but I heard was not great, and an episode of Better Call Saul. He's also the voice of Emperor Zurg in Toy Story and Crush in Finding Nemo. He has writing credits on Toy Story 1, 2, and Monsters, Inc. He's been at Pixar from the very beginning. He was at the legendary meeting at the near end of the Toy Story production when John Lasseter, Joe Ramft, Andrew Stanton, and Brad Bird sat down at a cafe and said, okay, Toy Story's almost over. We got to write some more stuff. And in that meeting, they came up with A Bug's Life, Monsters, Inc., Finding Nemo. And the last one they came up with was this movie, WALL-E. Not Ratatouille. They just pulled that one out of their ass. Yeah, no, Ratatouille was a separate idea. Wally opens with us coming down on Earth to the tune of Put On Your Sunday Clothes by Hello Dolly. I don't know Hello Dolly, but it looks to be one of those, like, really boring, corny, low concept Broadway plays. You know, before Broadway got cool. Right. It looks like it plays on AMC on Loop during Thanksgiving, perhaps. And. Your grandma wants to watch it instead of the football game, and football's important. Anywho, Wally is voiced by the sound designer of the film, Ben Burt, who, you know, he's not like a voice actor, he's a sound designer. He, he made the other 2,600 sounds the film has, which, by the way, he was also the sound designer on the original Star Wars 800 sound files. Huh. Yeah, and uh, I, I didn't bother listing him as a star because, like, he's not famous or anything. The famous people in this one are basically Jeff Garland, Sigourney Weaver, and the, I don't know, like, John Ratzenberger is in there for a minute. John Ratzenberger, the constant in all Pixar films. The he His back is hurting from how hard he carries Pixar throughout the last 20 years. So we get to planet Earth and it look, it's looking pretty shitty, even from space. We go down to a dilapidated American city, I guess, probably New York City, and... We're introduced to a little robot on treads, Wally, whose job it is to pick up trash cubes and stack them. Wally. As we fly over the trash piles, there are energy plants right next to each other, nuclear and coal and wind, like they were just trying to throw all the options at the wall and and see how it it, it could how it would work. It's kind of inferred that there was so much trash on earth that all the human beings had to leave they've been gone for about 700 years and the original plan was for them to leave for five years so that the large company the the, the all-in-one box company basically it's walmart but they call it, in this movie it's called by and large they t- decide to take five years to clean up all the trash that it is inferred also that they're the reason and cause that the trash piled up in the first place. Like, the CEO of By and Large is also the president, so this is his fault. We see a newspaper that's like, oh, there's too much garbage, and we get a video that's an exposition dump, and they've, they've built a lot of tiny little Wally e robots to clean up the earth while the humans are gone, but then we'd see Wally e go past, like, a, a heap of... Dead Wally robots. So that that plan didn't work. No, not really. Fred Willard, the character actor, plays President slash by and large CEO Shelby Forthright, which is a great last name for someone whom perhaps is not forthright in the future. He is a human being who is in a Pixar film. He's the first human being yeah. to ever show up on a screen in a Pixar film, and I don't fully understand. Yeah, what was what, that decision made to have a non CG and then then there are CGI humans later, and they don't look they don't look like Fred Willard. No, well, to be fair, they've been gone seven hundred years and are basically gel people. Yeah, but I agree, they don't look like Fred Willard looks. So that was an interesting decision for them to make. If they. So I have a feeling at a certain point in this film's production, it was all going to take place on Earth and we were never going to go to space and see the fat people. And and that would have been an interesting decision then to have a live-action human in there. But then once they introduce other humans, maybe they wrote themselves into a corner, like, okay, well, we got to go into space and show the humans. Then it was kind of a weird decision to make. Honestly, I'd be fine with that because I can't think of a real good reason for them to have just like there's like two people in this whole movie and there's no other people by the way in any other Pixar movies just this one just such an odd out of nowhere left field decision right well I guess they wanted to do it because they want to show scenes from Hello Dolly and they're like okay right. so this takes place in the real world where there were real humans but then not really because there's CGI humans up in space at some point they got on the axiom and turned to CGI but yeah. like you were saying, there are these little wallies who make block towers and they're and then they make the towers and then large incinerators on cranes come and cut down the trash and burn it all. But obviously all of those machines are off now except for Wally. Wally who seems to be faulty, his fault being having a personality like Johnny 5 in short circuit. And because he has a personality, he's the only one who's decided to stay on. He shows interest in other things, he collects things. He actually shows interest in his existence because, at, we'll, we'll get to it, but he, he collects things to, to, to fix himself. Right. So he's basically created his own immortality in a world that is otherwise off. And visually, Wally has definitely been inspired by Johnny Five. If you look at the eyes and the treads and the little claw hands. The hands that just want to hold other hands, James. So Wally goes back to his shitty little garbage home. And he keeps it kind of clean, and he goes in there, and he's watching Hello Dolly, somehow on a VHS tape that has survived the apocalypse. As he's going home, he sees a lot of garbage in the trash piles. We can see orange caution cones from Toy Story, along with Skinner's scooter from Ratatouille. There are a whole lot of Easter eggs in this entire movie, and most of them are coming up right now, because as we enter Wally's little home that he has built for himself... We see that he has a bunch of buckets that have collections in it that hit that day. He takes out of his lunch pail, a spork, which he looks to put into a cup that has a forks or spoons in it. And he's like, I don't know which one to put this one in. He just puts it in the middle. He has a Rubik's cube and you're right. He has a tape that he puts in a toaster and then he comes out of the toaster and it starts doing hello Dolly that plays while he puts all of his neat little toys away. He practices a little dancing with a rim, and he uses it as a hat. He found a b Zippo lighter that day. He has a lot of those lighters. His collection buckets move, like, up and down, and, like, I get it. He's collecting shiny things. He's the only one there, and he, and he really likes the shiny stuff. One of the things in his collection is actually the toy hammy, John Ratzenberger's character in Toy Story. There's also... Carl Fredricksen's walking stick, the old guy from Up, a year before its release, was in there. Rex from Toy Story was in there. A can of Leakness oil from Cars 2 is in there. Buzz Lightyear's lunchbox, a toy Mike from Monsters Inc., and the bug zapper from A Bug's Life. So I, I, you know, obviously I caught some of these references, but not 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 all of those, I guess. Yeah, and then the TV he's using is is like an actual large version of the iPhone that was out at the time. Uh huh. Yeah yeah yeah. Thanks Steve Jobs. You saved Pixar. Couldn't uh couldn't save yourself though. You got to get uh the fruit juice isn't going to cure your cancer, buddy. No, he was adverse to medicine. What are you going to do? <laughs> He's like it's all right. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a genius. I'm going to just uh eat avocado seeds and take care of this. <laughs> yeah, it didn't work out well for him, although he did, prior to his death, assign Johnny Ive, the chief design officer, to help Pixar out a little bit by creating what Eve would eventually look like. Okay, yeah, well, we need to get into that, because that, that, I didn't know that detail, and she looks like she came off the Apple production line. <laughs> yeah, we can talk about it at the end. So, while he's like still cleaning up, and a sunstorm comes through, and he has to cl- close up, and he's got like a little pet cockroach... Uh-huh, which he gives a Twinkie to, and then he goes, I don't know, to robot deactivation sleep. It seems as though these dust storms are a normality, James. Yeah. Like, dust storms happen on Earth now. I like that he's got a pet. Co- cockroaches, of course. Everyone says they can survive anything, so they're still alive. This is an immortal cockroach. He does not and will not die. By the way, that was the first ten minutes of the movie, and there was no talking whatsoever, but we know a whole lot about the story. Yeah, it's just good storytelling. You don't need to spell everything out. You don't need to have a narrator give us everything. And then the next day, it you know, it explains a lot just visually. The sun rises. Wally goes outside. He charges his solar energy battery, but he can't get it up all the way. So he's like a little groggy. So he gets outside and he charges it up and he's good. And that's why he has to sleep at night. He's groggy like me, James. He's like me. This is very relatable. He has trouble putting on his shoes. He has to go out into the sunlight to get, you know, reborn just exactly like me. I'm not a vampire. Don't worry about that. And it also when he's looking up, it looks like there's no atmosphere like whatsoever. He runs over his cockroach pal, but it's it's okay. It's just a goof. Doesn't matter. Cockroach is immortal. By the way, when he fills up full from the solar panels, he makes the Mac boot sound. (laughs) Okay, so this whole movie is underwritten by Apple. I mean, the entirety of Pixar is underwritten by Apple. So he goes back to collecting more garbage, and he finds himself an old refrigerator. He finds a bra too, James, and puts it on his head and then throws it into his pail. How did you skip over that incredibly... That one's for the parents in the audience. It is. He, had, he also got a rubber ducky, and there's a bulldog bobblehead toy, and then he hits a button on some on a car key, and a car unlocks somewhere deep in the distance. But you're right. He finds a, a fridge that he cuts down the middle. He has a lot of tools on him, James. He's a regular R2-D2. Seriously, he cuts the fridge straight down the middle because he can't open it, inferring that the fridge was locked shut for a very long time. Inside the refrigerator, he finds a living plant, which uh, I guess is a rare commodity these days. Yeah, not when you have dust storms around. Like, if it wasn't in the fridge, the dust storm would have just taken it away. I will say, right prior to this, he gets introduced to fire extinguishers for the first time, something that would come up later in his life, and it's a two-pound fire extinguisher. I know a little bit about it because I own a company that sells fire extinguishers, and it blows him back, and, my, and I was like, well, now I'm taken out because that wouldn't have happened. Maybe if it was a CO2, but that's an ABC. I have a lot of opinions about this. So he brings the plant back to his little domicile, and then he gets distracted by a flashing light. It's like a laser pointer, like a red laser pointer that you put on the ground to try to get your cat to freak out. Well, Wally's the cat, he sees the laser, and when it starts moving, he's like, oh, I am definitely chasing that laser down. So I, I mean, I guess the robots were just programmed to work themselves to death, and that's why they're all dead, and Wally is like a curious little bro, and that's why he's still alive. Yeah, he has gained some sort of, you can call it sentience or personality and we can also talk about this a little later but I think it's interesting that the robots are not perceived or not really the bad guy at all in this movie it is really people it is by and large it is humanity that is, is the actual villain and WALL-E is just the one robot who decided to stick it out so a spaceship comes down from the sky and out from it pops a Apple iPod robot yeah, it basically lands on top of Wally. He digs down to hide. He comes up shaking. He's a very nervous robot. He doesn't know what to do in most situations. He hits his head on the spaceship. The spaceship opens, and then he uh, Wally puts a rock on his head, and he tries to hide. Like you said, Eva comes out. The Apple iPod again. Joni Ive, the CDO of Apple, came down to Pixar and was like giving them tips on how she should look. Wally is immediately enamored. He is square. She is round and sleek. And Eve, by the way, stands for Extraterrestrial Vegetation Evaluator. What does Wally stand for? Waste Allocation Load Lifter Earth Class. Right. Because later on in the movie will be a Waste Allocation Load Lifter Axiom Class, and they're a Walla. Yeah, right. So the, yeah, it's like uh, going back to iRobot. We had the the sleek white new robots, and then kind of the clunky, junky old robots. And in this, in both this movie and iRobot, I prefer like the clunky robot. Well, I think in both of those movies, plus like you know Johnny Five in Short Circuit, you are made to want to be empathetic towards the old. Because the new is scary and change is bad. Right, like in RoboCop. Right, exactly. Well, exactly like in RoboCop. Wally is exactly RoboCop. Wally hides behind a spaceship. Or Wally hides again because the spaceship takes off once more. The flames shooting down at him as he digs again. We have to assume that these ships landed in more places than this around Earth and that Eva is not the only little white iPhone robot that is currently going around Earth looking for something. But it doesn't really matter. Wally is in love. Yeah, robots can fall in love. Uh, If you're just programming them to clean shit up and pick up plants, I don't know why you would program them to have love, but, I mean, if you're just programming them... To be cowboys and prostitutes, I don't know why you would program them to feel emotions also, so. It's just something you do. You're like, yeah, this robot's a little boring. Let's make him feel pain. Oh, God, I just want to make something suffer, you know what I mean? (laughs) Also, uh, once Eve realizes that the ship is gone and it kind of gets out of the Earth's atmosphere or or what's left of the Earth's atmosphere and realizes it's not looking anymore, she starts to, like, fly around and have fun, and she's, like, purposely having fun. Which is interesting. She's been cooped up in space for a long time. Assumably, she was with the Axiom, the the fleet, the flagship fleet, ship, <laughs> the flagship that is up in the space somewhere. So she has a personality, but Wally has a personality that he created all his own by himself with no one else. And we don't know how many Evas there are, but it, turned, it, it stands to reason now, I guess, that she she seems to have a personality. She wants to fly around and have a good time. Yeah, she's exploring Earth, um, scanning a bunch of shit. She tries to blast Wally when she first sees him. He's, like, kind of uh, stalking her, and she tries to blow oh, him up. Oh, he's stalking her. It's stalking, <laughs> yeah. the And one of the things that she scans while she's doing this is the Pizza Planet truck from Toy Story. Nice. as the cockroach yeah as the cockroach and wally approach him the cockroach is like yo dude i got your back i'm your wingman and the cockroach is like going to walk up to eva and wally looks at him. he's like oh no don't do don't 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 do that and, but i was a cockroach was like no, no no dude i'm a good wingman and then he gets up to eva eva turns around and is like oh my god and tries to shoot the crap out of the cockroach but you can't kill a cockroach it's immortal she goes to destroy wally and then scans him first and i guess she she Scans him and then realizes, like, oh, this is not, like, a target for destruction. He's a good robot doing his job. Or she was basically like, yeah, he's insignificant and doesn't matter to me at all. Right. Not worth the, the the energy from my laser beam. Right. He exhales a sigh of love either way and then continues to stalk her. She goes through an actual, by and large, we get to see the the inside of the by and large. There's a big banner that says evacuation sale. So he's still chasing her as she scans things. And then finally, you know, he he, he decides he's going to walk up and introduce himself. But not right, but not until after she goes to sleep for the night. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> she's basically shut down and then he goes up to her. He tries to take her hand out of her body while she's asleep. Really kind of weird, stalky. If it was a person doing it, you'd be like, that's creepy, but it's robots, so it's fine. He shows her some things like while she's unconscious trying to just ch- trying to be like hey have you seen this i found this do you like this no oh, you're not moving i guess i'll find one more thing she eventually wakes up and in front of her he like made a version of her out of trash right. one of the arms <laughs> of the imitation he made was the luxo light from the beginning of the pixar like the pixar beginning part where the light crushes the letter it's one of it's that guy's arm Okay. Yeah, too bad they didn't have that guy just like as a robot jumping around, flattening things. He's a murderer. He murders letters. So yeah, they're Wally and Eva, and they're and now they're good friends. Yeah, I mean, I think Eva does not fully this yet, not fully trust Wally, but he's proven himself to be. Not that annoying and kind of funny when he gets hit with things. She really, really likes when pain comes upon him. Eve continues to scan. It keeps being red on her chest. Uh, we don't know exactly what she's looking for, but she's not finding it. She gets stuck to a magnet. She shoots herself off of it, blows up a whole line of ships that that were like next to each other like dominoes. So she has a temper. Wally goes up to her. She's sad that she can't find what she's trying to look for while Wally gets closer and closer in the light of the fire. And she asks Wally, like, you know, what's your directive? He makes a trash square. And he's like, what's yours? And she's like, that's classified. I don't know why you'd ever ask. Okay, (laughs) jeez. I wish you would have told me that first so I could tell you mine's classified. Right. You asked, and I was, like, being polite and showing you my trash square, which, by the way, they only made, like, eight of those trash squares total, like, rendered eight of them and like there are millions and millions of them on the earth like actually in shot but they only made eight of them you're right but she didn't even give him a chance so uh, just then a sandstorm hits again and so Wally takes her back to his place for some uh, hello dolly and chill <laughs> while the roach is in the twinkie watching <laughs> yeah. like right from the closet third wheel yeah. He shows there his favorite stuff, including one of the singing uh, Billy Bass things that everybody had in the early odds. Wow, you were really into the term the aughts. You said it last podcast, too. Yeah, I'm going to say it for the rest of my life, all right? Oh, wow. All right. Yeah, he shows her a mixer. She mixes it so hard that it flies away. and then he And then she bashfully hides the evidence that she broke it. He brings her a bubble wrap. She loves popping it super quickly. He gives her a light bulb. It turns on when she's holding it. Gives a Rubik's Cube. Then he goes off screen when he comes back. It's completely done. And then you're right. that He has the toaster tape. The Hello Dolly. And gives it to her. And she immediately ruins it. And then he's like, oh my god, no. Puts it back together. Plays it. And he's like, god, I hope this thing works. It's the only thing I have. And I really love. Um, yeah, they listen to Hello Dolly. And they dance. And Eve dances really crazily. Uh, and breaks Wally's face. Yeah, she finds a Zippo lighter, and she's like, "Ooh, this is what love's all about." And Wally sees Eve, in the light once more falls more in love. Wants to hold her hand, and she's like, "Nah, we're not doing that." And then something falls on his head again, and she's like, "God!" Every time that happens, that's hilarious. She she cracks his little eye, and he fixes it and uh then he's like okay well i showed you everything let me show you this cool green plant i found yesterday yeah and she goes nutso well not really feels like her directive kicks in and nothing that she wants to do matters anymore she found a green thing and and the light is now blinking green also she shuts she turns into like a cocoon now her light is blinking green he desperately tries to get her to come back but she won't he puts her outside the next day on top of his house he seems really worried about her, and he stays with her next to her. There's a storm coming, and he he uses multiple umbrellas and gets lightning shocked multiple times trying to keep her safe. Another sandstorm hits. He put a trash can over her to save her while he was like next to her, just getting covered in sand. And then he tries to pry her open once more, and then he actually gets her open. And then there's like a there's a label inside, and she was made by By and Large as well. Probably he was too. I think everything was made by By and Large. This is a little bit sad It's like that scene in Return of the Jedi When the one Ewok is trying to wake up the dead Ewok And everybody feels sad Oh god I mean except for she's not really dead <laughs> And he tries to jumpstart her and electrocutes himself And it's actually kind of cute So there's no, there's less death in this moment And more like Oh Wally, Wally's so cute He has to go back to work now He's like oh well, my friend's passed out But somebody's gotta stack these blocks Right. She can, he can only take so much time off dragging her with Christmas lights to, and putting her on a tire down the river like it's Venice and watching a sunset while trying to hold her hand desperately or playing Pong against her by himself until he's like, I got to pack the pail up and now I got to get back out there. And then, uh, you know, he gets out there. He starts putting again, he puts his, a new tower up, finds more Zippos. And uh, but, when he tries to make the zipper go off, the light goes out, and he looks up, and, oh, the ship's back, yeah. and it, it, it reaches out with its claw and grabs Eve and pulls her inside. And Wally heroically, uh, leaps onto the ship and holds onto it as it blasts off into space. He finds Eve in the window. She is next to a bunch of other iPhone bots. And she's the only one with organic matter inside her. She's the only one who has found anything of worth. Wally tells the roach to stay behind, like like telling a dog he has to stay. And I was so sad that the roach had to not be with his best friend anymore. I, like, I get that he would die in space, except for he can't because he's immortal. But like, oh, it still hurt. It, it felt like that episode of, of Futurama where... Where Fry's dog gets left behind. If only Wally had a pet tardigrade, then it could have survived in space. Yeah, and he he messed up. How did he not figure that out? So that's the end of Act 1, and the movie changes drastically from this point on. Yeah, I mean, Wally is holding on to a spaceship. We have gone from dystopian Earth to space movie. As the ship flies through the atmosphere left of it, we see lots and lots of old satellites, all by-by-and-large, or all made by-by-and-large. One of them hits him in the face, and the one that hit him in the face was actually Sputnik. Nice. I did not notice that. Yeah, the ship keeps going, it leaves the solar system, completely leaves our galaxy, and arrives at a giant intergalactic spaceship, the Axiom. As we're going, we fly by the moon. We see the American flag where where Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong land on the moon. And right next to it was a by-and-large outlet Mall coming soon billboard. (laughs) They go right by the sun on their way to the Axiom. The Mac boot sound comes up again while Wally is fully charged by the sun. They fly through the asteroid belt and he puts his hands through it like... He's trying to touch the stars that he's always seen when he's looking up at night. One of these rocks that he uh, actually hits out of the asteroid belt hits the ship after it goes around Mars, prompting the beginning of the Bernie short. Bernie has to go fix the thing that Wally caused by hitting that rock. And so you can go see that short. And that's the right beginning of it. And then he sees the Milky Way galaxy. He sees a purple cloud. And then he gets brought into the Axiom. And as the gravity comes back on, he falls off. Yeah, he, he makes his way into the ship, but Eve gets taken away uh, immediately. And Wally runs into another robot called the M.O. M.O. Which is the, uh, what does that stand for? Well, Mo, I don't exactly know what M.O. stands for, but M.O.'s M.O. is he cleans stuff. He sees foreign contaminants, and he tries to get rid of them. Yeah, and he, uh... He makes, he scrubs Wally all nice and clean because he's covered in filthy earth dirt. Right. That's his directive to get rid of the foreign contaminants. Yeah. Scanner comes by and scans Eve. They realize that she's got a plant on her and they take her away. So Wally races after her and he jumps onto a hovering platform and the one that Eve is strapped to. And he tries to follow, but there's a wacky chase scene. Mo also follows them jumping off his track for what seems like the first time because he is so taken aback by how dirty Wally is and the track of dirt that Wally leaves behind and he must follow it and he must clean it. Eve and Wally are in the elevator and then they enter basically what is the robot highway of the underling of the Axiom ship while he messes everything up a huge traffic jam occurs where all the robots slam into each other we see our first new human a CGI human who is obese and in a chair and next to each other they're entering a store that's just literally called economy and the temperature around them is 72 degrees they look like they just look at screens all day and they never get up Uh, the first actual human being that Wally runs into is John, played by John Ratzenberger, whom Wally helps back up into his chair after he falls out of it. Right, so you see the first guy, and you're like, okay, well, this is just one fat guy. Okay, they got fat people in space, sure. But then you see you see everyone else, and everyone is the exact same shape of, like, like, 400 pounds obese. Yeah, everybody's gigantic. They never get up. Wally helps John by getting him back into his chair, and then we also see like a, a a classroom where kids are being taught the alphabet, and it's like A is for Axiom, B is for by and large, your best friend. He accidentally turns off the screens of one of the fat people and she kind of freaks out, which is like, oh wait, there's a real world. Her name is Mary, and she's a nice lady. Wally introduces himself to Mary and she says hi. So he has now met John and Mary. Uh And she lets him go by so that he can stand next to Eve. The pool deck looks nuts. And Mary looks over it like, I didn't even know we had a pool. Yeah, so the inside of the spaceship is like a giant, I don't know, like a giant Costco, but with bright lights and advertisements everywhere. And conveyor belts, which keep the hovering fat people flying around all over the place. Yeah, it's a gigantic ship. It has 80 floors. Eve finally gets to where she's going, which is the captain's bridge. And we meet Captain B. McCree, who is played by Jeff Garland. And he's another big fatty guy, but he's got a captain's hat. Yeah, which indicates that he, unlike the other obese people, is different because of his captainship. As they're going there up the elevator, Wally waves hi to the machine that lets them in. And then the machine kind of looks down at his own hand like, oh, is this for waving? Oh, my God. I think my hand might be for waving. They get up to the captain's quarters. They meet Otto. His name is Otto. He's basically like the Vicky. You you meet him. You're like, you're Hal or Vicky from iRobot. Are you the evil robot? And we'll talk about later if he's actually evil or not. But... He looks like a actual wheel, the wheel of the ship. But you know, he's there with Captain McCree, and then Captain McCree's like, "It's high noon. It is high noon." And we see that he is, I think, the fifth or the sixth captain captain that the Axiom has had. While he, when he falls into the captain's quarters, he sees that on the wall there are the names of all the past captains. They're named after Pixar employees. And all the captains get fatter and fatter. And based on the captains, the ship took off in 2105. They've been in space for 700 years. And there have been five captains. And then the sixth is Captain McCree. And it also indicates that the life expectancy of everybody now is much longer. Like, if Captain McCree became the captain, uh, he has been captain for 30 years and the captain before him was a captain for a hundred and twenty-eight years. So life expectancy is basically like hundred and seventy years old now. Right. So in the future you're gonna be fat as all hell, but you'll live to be hundred and fifty. Right. They have the technology somehow to make you Immortal. a healthy person and who doesn't who doesn't walk ever. Right. So you can be hundred and twenty years old, but they haven't yet figured out how to how to make people not fat. The dream. The dream Fat and a hundred and sixty. Yeah, see, so hear that? Uh, actually, the way to live longer is to just be as fat as possible. Everybody knows that. The government doesn't want you to to know that, but that's how you do it. Oh, then I guess, th- uh, then I guess not everybody knows that. Yeah, the secret is to, the secret to a, a long, healthy life is to just lay back and eat. You know what the secret to a long, healthy life is, James? What's no that? secrets. That's right. That's right. <laughs> between, between friends. No, no, no. Friends should have a bunch of secrets. Oh. If you don't keep secrets from your friends, then they're not not—they're not your friends. So Eve wakes up and Wally comes up to her and she's freaking out because she's worried, you know, you're, you're not supposed to be here. You're supposed to be on Earth. So she tries to hide him. Yeah, she's like mad at him that he followed her at all. She's in the middle of her directive and she don't need no man getting in her way. Captain McCree comes over and tries to remove the organic matter from her, but bum, bum, bum. It's not there. Whoa, dude, where did it, where did it go? That's a, that's the mystery. I think that they're asking the audience. Yeah. She thinks Wally has it and she scans it, but he doesn't have it. The captain hits Wally and the song from hello, Dolly starts. This is all before the scan. Otto tries to tell Captain McCree about the green, scan that's actually that already happened Otto knows about it he's trying to tell and the captain mccree but captain mccree's like i missed the morning announcements he literally turned the time back on the ship from 12 30 to 9 30 he took away lunch and made breakfast come back because he wanted to do the morning announcements and he announces that it's the 700th anniversary of their five-year cruise which is a lol and he says, I'm sure our forefathers would be proud that 700 years later, we're still doing the same stuff they were doing. But now we're fat as shit. And everybody to celebrate literally in a very real way gets a cupcake and a cup. Nice. That's the dream. So because Eve did a false positive, they think, they decide that she must be broken and they send her off to be repaired, and which <laughs> traumatizes them, Wally and Eve, because she's like, zapped away by a tractor beam yeah he's a nervous robot already and this is really messing him up no probes have ever come back positive before captain mccree pushes the green light on the bridge and everything shuts off a video of fred wilder's shelby forthright comes back on to congratulate him for the green find that he did that he didn't do a the the iphone did it but he's getting the credit so in the repair ward of the ship, there's a bunch of robots that are broken in comical ways. Like the vacuum robot sneezing the dust out of his vacuum nose. The vacuum robot is the star of the movie, James. Yeah. is It kind of reminds me of the animated film The Brave Little Toaster, if anyone remembers that. There's a, uh, a talking vacuum in that movie. It's quite good. The Brave Little Toaster is both terrifying, heartwarming... And gut-wrenchingly sad. Wally is put into one area and Eve is taken to another one. And and Wally is panicking because he's like, oh, they're taking her in that room to destroy her. Yeah, but really she's just being, like, taken apart very nicely. And she's actually laughing at the things that are happening to her. Right. All the while... The captain is trying to figure out how this recolonization is about to occur because because they found the green thing, that means they should go back. It's the five year mission is over. It only took 700 as that's happening. Eva and Wally are still in the repair center. And when Wally sees that she's being taken apart, oh, my God, it's okay. She's not actually she's like getting a nice bath. He slams through glass to try to save her. Right, and he, he uh he sets off like um this alarm caution, there are rogue robots and there's a red alert going on throughout the whole ship and they take a picture of Eve and Wally to show all, all the people to chase them down. All the while the captain is scanning the dirt, the foreign contaminants, as Mo would say, that came off of Wally. And he basically opens up Wikipedia and it tells him soil, dirt, earth. And he, uh, def- he says, define earth. The captain's just basically stuck in a Wikipedia loop, de- falling down the rabbit hole. And he, define sea. This is a movie with a message, you guys. As technology improves, people are going to get fucking fat and dumb. And forget what the ocean is. Eve takes Wally to an escape pod, uh, which she hopes is going to bring him back. And he goes inside, but then he's like, Well, aren't you coming too? Yeah, it truly is like a, a moment where he's like, Oh yeah, no no, yeah, me and you. We're going back to Earth. Perfect, perfect, perfect. My cockroach friend is on in on Earth. You you met ma- you ma- him. He's a good guy. You're you're gonna like him a lot. And then when she's not on, he, he he like gets right back off. He's like, Well, if you're not going, I'm not going. So the elevator shows up and it's the little it's a tiny little go for robot. Yeah, gopher tiny little guy he's so cute and he has got the plant whoa dum-dum yeah he puts it inside the escape pod and he sets it to go off and Wally's like what the fuck that's my plant so he jumps in after it and it, it takes off with him inside so the escape pod shoots out into space Wally is trying to make it go back make it stop he presses a bunch of buttons trying to do so, but what he actually ends up doing is turning on self-destruct. Right. Uh, Eve takes off after him because she can fly around in space. She's very talented. She's a very talented iPod. Uh, but before she can get there, it explodes. Oh, my God. Wally's dead, James. Keep movie over. Roll credits. Roll them. R- uh, what? Oh, my God, James. I have yeah. the best news. So in a callback He's not to dead. That, <laughs> that happened on Earth, he learned about fire extinguishers, right? Oh my god. So he uses that knowledge. This is good this is good screenwriting, you guys, because it's, it's a callback, right? He didn't just pull the solution out of his hands, right? He uses the fire extinguisher as a propulsion system to shoot himself through space, and he's rescued the plant. Again, as an owner of a company that sells fire extinguishers, I will again suspend my disbelief for this moment. But it is hard for the next part where he flies around at what seems to be like an unending fire extinguisher that would only go off for like 10 seconds normally. (laughs) I'm being a real naysayer here, but like this is what I do every single day. This is one of the coolest, uh, this is the song I played during the iRobot podcast As they like the upcoming song for Wally. This is one of my favorite songs of the movie. This is one of my favorite scenes of the movie. One of the most iconic scenes of the movie is both of them flying around him with a fire extinguisher and her with her own jet propulsion. So I will suspend my disbelief because it's amazing. But that's not that's not how that works. Uh, So if I were just like if I were just you know pedal to the metal on a fire extinguisher, how many seconds would I get out of it? About twelve. Okay. (laughs) So yeah, yeah, he's going a little further than that. Yeah, he goes for a really long time. At some point he starts feathering his boost like he's playing Rocket League. <laughs> yeah, he flies over to Eve, she gets the plant, and they they do a little like little little hug and kiss, little little electricity discharge exchange. Oh my god. It is so cute. He sprays her a little with the fire extinguisher which makes her laugh. She says his name one more time and he tells her to wait and shows her the plant and says her name. She hugs him and kisses him. She's so excited that he has the plant. And that makes him full charge immediately as he as he floats off into space. Eve laughs. While he spins around with the fire extinguisher, and they fly around the ship to celebrate an incredibly beautiful scene in which my disbelief is suspended and everything's fine. And I don't feel any negative feelings whatsoever. They fly around the the jets that are going off, the purple jets, they fly by a window, and Mary sees them. Along with John. They're like, hey, that's Wally! That's Wally! Hey, buddy! Hey, it's your buddy John! And then they hold hands accidentally. Yeah. Oh. You're gonna be in love, James. Everybody's banging. They're all they're, they're all banging. Otto notices all of this, by the way, and makes it nighttime. Meanwhile, the captain is in his quarters. He's still in the Wikipedia hole. He's like, okay, oh, this is how people dance, and this is how they eat pizza. Okay. Yeah, define down and explains he explains farms to Otto they grow food on earth like pizza plants and Otto tries to put the captain to sleep but he wants to just keep defining things and he says define dancing hence the name of the song that's currently playing define dancing um by the way the ship's computer Otto not Otto Otto is just I think the Apple type and speak right the computer the, I think the computer's just called Axiom Right and the but the woman who's the computer voice is Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, and that's a reference because Sigourney Weaver had to deal with a robot AI that was controlling a ship in Alien. Right. Also she's just a talented lady and I really like like 90% of the time her character is just just the the voice of the ship, nothing else. But like 10% of the time she's also like a mall character as well like come down to economy. Blue is the new red. <laughs> Wally's extinguisher runs out of juice finally. He lets it go into space. Eve kind of picks him up and he brings him back when and as he says her name more and more. This is where they lock Bernie out in the seven minute long Pixar short that you can watch on YouTube. Uh <laughs> Otto sends Bernie to go fix a thing that Wally broke again, like I told you earlier from from the rock going around Mars Wally waves to him when he was fixing it for the first time. And then Wally locks him out while he's trying to fix it the second time. And then we'll get to later how Bernie actually gets into the ship, which he doesn't. Eve and Wally try to sneak in to see the captain, but you know, Wally's screwing up, he's like playing a song, but they don't get caught. And when they find the captain, he's in, he's, play, he's playing with a little toy rocket version of axiom. And he's like, I'm saving the humans. I'm going to be the best captain of all time due to my being a savior. Eve is, again, seeing the plant, trying to get the plant up there. Wally's still trying to hold her hand. and She's like, there's no time for hand-holding right now, Wally. I have a directive, dude. I must complete my directive. Eve brings the plant to the captain, and then he decides he's going to watch, like, Eve's memory banks or whatever. So he plays, like everything that's happened to her. And so he sees like shitty destroyed earth and he sees like, you know, robot romance montage. Yeah. He sees hello, Dolly. And he sees Eve get trying to get like held Wally trying to hold her hand. And she kind of gets it now. She sees Wally taking care of her while she was off on earth when he was getting struck by lightning. And I'll be honest with you. This part makes me cry a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. I'm very sensitive. I was just watching this scene with my hands crossed, like this is some old bullshit, man. God feel nothing. Dang it. No, nah, no. Nah, nah, I not, if, not like that. Not this like is that. ten this is ten minutes after I literally am watching with my arms crossed like an extinguisher doesn't do that And I still get to this part and I'm like, you know what? She gets it. He wants to hold her hand and she gets it. So the captain, he's really excited. He waters the plant and he's like, Well, this is it. We're going back to Earth. We, we can do this. During this, Wally is climbing up the trash chute to try to get up there along with Eva to meet her. The captain waters the plant like you just said. And he just says, like, you know, you just need someone to look after you. That's all. And he realizes that the Earth is very much the same way. But Otto does not want a return to Earth because he's like, well, I'll be fucking useless then if we go to Earth so he tries to get the plant yeah they're activating plan a113 which is a pixar easter egg it's the number of a classroom many of the animators at pixar were in and it's in almost every pixar movie but i want to say here i think Otto is just kind of following the by and large orders like i don't think Otto is a evil robot i think he's following not evil orders just like well, you can call him evil if you'd like to, but it's just, like, the orders that we'll find out later exactly what they are. He's just yeah. trying to, no, not get them... He doesn't want them to go back to Earth. Yeah, he shows a message saying, that, like, yeah, uh, by and large, said that we got this, but we totally fucking dropped the ball, and right. we're not gonna clean Earth, and that's a lost cause now. Sorry. Right. Otto is actually saving them, sort of, with his not advice, just straight on orders, because we've seen Earth. It doesn't look great. The, the captain is like, well, whatever. We have this plant now, so there's some proof that there's some hope left. So, I don't know. We're going back. Right. He was like, that message was sent in 2110, 695 years ago. They only spent five years trying to clean up, and then and or they were going to spend five years, and then we left for a total of 700 but whatever this plant is living proof that he was wrong so out there is home and i want to go back and then Otto is like you know you you know we must follow directive and and i think uh, captain mccree gives his i think best line of the movie where he's i don't want to survive i want to live yeah that was a good lie and then, and then we find out that basically the captain's life is a lie and that he does nothing and Otto takes care of flying the ship for him right we see all the pictures of all the captains and Otto gets closer and closer and closer in all the captain's pictures that happens from being far away to being right behind Captain McQueen is Gopherbot shows up and steals the plant and throws it down the garbage chute before anybody can stop him but it doesn't matter because Wally's in the chute and everything's fine Yeah, he shows back up, he's got the boot on his head, but then Otto shoots him with his zapper gun, which turns him off, I guess, or breaks him. Right. He is not disassembled Johnny Five, but he is electrocuted, so he falls down the trash chute, taking the plant with him. Otto shuts Eve off as well and puts her down the chute, and then Otto confines Captain McCree to his quarters. Down in the trash room, Eve reboots but can't find Wally. Behind her, there's a big square of trash. And we find out that the squares are coming from giant wall A's. And the A stands for Axiom. At that moment, Wally and Eve get scooped and then compacted themselves. And are about to get sent out into an airlock to space. But Eve is like, okay, I'm over this. Shoots her way out. Moe is there, by the way, g- trying to clean up foreign contaminants. And Mo following them outwards as they're about to be th- put out the airlock, trying to, you know, get th- Wally's foreign contaminants, is actually, like, the thing that stops the doors from closing. Well, his head does. Right. Wally's totally busted from the zap. Moe is still cleaning him. And Eve's looking around for parts to fix him. But Wally wants her to just, you know... Finish your mission, man. Don't worry about me. The giant wallays around them are giving them light while Eva tries to fix Wally because they care or something. Oh, my God. It's so cute. Wally's motherboard is fried, so she has to find a new one of those. But she scans around and she can't find any of them. Mo finally says that Wally is all clean. Wally, even as messed up as he is, tries to shake Mo's hand and Mo cleans it in response. He goes, Wally. And then Mo goes, Mo. And Wally goes Mo, and Mo goes Yeah, Mo. Uh, again, like you said, Wally is like Eva. You have to follow the directive. Wally is saying that they need to go to Earth, and when Eve doesn't find a motherboard, she's like, Oh man, you know it's also on Earth, motherboards. Right. So she decides she's gonna save him, but first she has to drop the plant off. The uh, busted robots from the repair room—they uh, come to, like in solidarity for broken robots to distract the auto forces, so they can make a break for it. Yeah, like the NS4s and iRobot, they—they yes. they basically they go over there and they just start beating up the security forces. By the way, as they leave the trash room, the two Wallays looking up into the air wave goodbye to Wally. Wally is teaching all the robots to wave. The captain has been trapped inside his quarters but he is able to send a message out telling Eve to go to the Lido deck. yeah McCree is shouting mutiny and he's trying to get out and calls the he calls Otto a stupid wheel and he sees the rogue robots going around and while he, you know he's trying to get the, the message out and he gets up an announcement and he says that he's locked in there even Wally bringing the things to the Lido deck. But Otto's going to cut him off, and then that's exactly what happens. Otto and the captain have a fight, and uh, the captain's able to restrain Otto, and Gopher gets destroyed in the fight. Good riddance to Gopher, that cute little guy. Mo tries to clean the security to death. The rogue uh, robots take care of them. Captain... McCree tricks Otto into thinking he got the plant with a hollow vid, just to 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 jabate him. And uh, and while Otto comes down to to actually see Captain McCree, and while well, he's like, "That's impossible," McCree is just like ripping things out, just ripping anything he could grab. He rips and destroys. Yeah, the, the captain sends everybody to the the Lido deck, and. Uh auto takes control of the ship and it's like turning it side to side and everybody's rolling around because they're, they're fat and, and, and circular. Eve is also flying to the Lido deck to put the plant in the machine that will let the Axiom know that it's time to go home as the entire Axiom is tilting to one side. All of the obese people are in one room, and they fall out of their chairs. They all tilt towards the window. Mary and John hold on to each other. And while a bunch of babies are falling towards them, Mary says to John, John, get ready to have some kids. So Eve kind of uh, saves the people from getting crushed by the things that are rolling around. But then Otto deactivates the holo detector. Wally tries to get under the holo detector to keep it open so that they can eventually put the plant inside there. Otto, like, pushes the button really hard and... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it crushes him. Pushing the button extra hard, <laughs> he crushes Wally. The age-old technique of pushing the button harder. That's like when you're, when you're po- playing Pokemon Blue and the, the, you're waiting for the Pokeball to stop rolling to show that you've caught it, so you hold down the A button. That works, man. <laughs> Just to get it to go faster, yeah. it does? No, it doesn't. It does nothing. Aww. <laughs> I thought you were giving sick tips, dude. But you do it anyway, because uh, you feel like it works. Right, and maybe it will go better for you than it went better for Wally in this moment, because he gets crushed. Yeah. Which makes the captain stand up as the people cheer on Captain McCree in the fight against Otto, he turns Otto onto to Manuel and says, You are relieved of duty. Yeah, and, uh, winning, winning the fight and turning the ship back to normal. And Eve is able to grab Wally, and Mo is able to grab the plant, and uh, they decide they're going to fly back to Earth, which is, uh, happens uh, comically fast. Faster than you'd think. Yeah, with Bernie still on the outside... Of the ship not actually trying to he tried to get inside through the trash chute but he couldn't make it did you see that as the plant was getting passed forward in the Leto deck an umbrella like sprung it over to eve like here you go whoop! yeah that was dangerous oh yeah it was very dangerous it's like the one thing they need to go back to earth and then umbrella was like i'm gonna slam this into the air so the axiom gets back to earth almost instantly the big old fatties all come out onto Earth. Oh my god, it's a real planet. And then Eve, like, shoots past them and she's got Wally cradled in her robot arms. Everybody looks very sad or at least empathetic towards Robot Jesus. Or I'll call him Robot. It's Wally, but his name's Robot Jesus, I guess, now. Because he is an immortal robot who made himself that way without human help and then brought all the uh, human beings back to Earth. So he is Robot Jesus. Uh, He's dead. I wonder if he'll be resurrected in any amount of time. Eve goes around trying to find a motherboard, among other things. And the cockroach is still there waiting for him. So she fixes him up and she puts him in the sun to charge, hoping that this will revive him. And uh, it does. And he wakes up. But he's not the same old Wally. No, with a new motherboard comes basically a new brain. So he is like a... Out of the box, factory style, Wally, and starts to do what Wallies do, which is compact trash. Yeah, he doesn't care about Hello Dolly. He does, he, he runs over the cockroach because he doesn't care. Doesn't matter though. Cockroaches are immortal. He doesn't die, kid. Ha <laughs> ha. And it seems like the the Wally we know and love is gone. But then Eve grabs his little robot hand and uh, starts humming and gives him a zap kiss. She kisses him again. Right, and then she... she, Well, she then, like, turns to go. She's like, I guess this is it. Yeah, but his hand doesn't open. And he grasps her harder. And he takes him in. She's finally holding his hand. He has new eyes, new rotors, a new motherboard, new solar panels. And the Mac charge sound happens again. Right. The roach is so psyched that Wally is back. Eve is so happy. And the the tape of Hello Dolly is is still playing, and then it kind of fades out as she comes to the realization that Wally might be gone. The electric kiss happens, like you said, and then she and then he comes back. And I thought I was like, I'm not crying, you're crying, shut up. Yeah, so he's back to normal, and they're together, and the cockroach is there, and he's psyched too. Um, back on the axiom. The captain and the humans are learning how to get things back to going on Earth. And as we pan out, we see that there's a lot of little plants spotted throughout the city. Moe and the rogue robots walk up to Eve and Wally where they're like half kissing. And he's like, hey guys, we're like, oh, oh, you guys are having a moment. Oh, okay. Okay, we'll leave. We're going to give them space. Give them space. We just came from space. We'll give you a little more. <laughs> I'm hilarious. I'm Mo. Anyway, foreign contaminant, guys. In the credits sequence, we see the humans basically learning to be humans again and they, they stop being so fat. We see, you know, like you said, there are plants on dearth piles. The earth is not as brown anymore. And the credits hit and their cave style with zippo lights. And we see people learning to grow things and Wally teaching and people about fire and people living in their own pods and Eve making wells. Bernie is planting things, corn's growing, the fish are coming back, including Crush and his kids, Andrew Stanton's character from Finding Nemo. Finn, Noggin, hey. Nice. So, I liked this movie. I I really much prefer the, uh, the, the first part. And I think that's a consensus for a lot of people that before they introduce the human characters, the movie's a lot stronger. Not that it gets bad, but it's not as good as that part. This is one of my favorite movies. I love the entire thing, and I don't think it wanes in both excitement and memorable moments. But we're allowed to think different things. We're different people. Different people think different things. What I really like about this movie, and then also the Pixar shorts, is just the way that they convey the story without dialogue, right? That's, that's something Pixar is awesome at doing. Like, think about the first sequence in Up, right? And that's why it's so disappointing that when Nintendo was shopping around movie studios to get a CGI Mario movie made, and, you know, the Mario characters don't really talk. They just kind of say their names or say, like, little, uh, you know, catchphrases, like, here we go or whatever, right? And so Nintendo looks over Pixar. They're like, nah, nah, we're not going to choose Pixar. And instead they pick fucking Illumination Studios of fucking Despicable Me and Minions fame. Based on your tone... I would say that the finished product was not great. Well, it's it's coming out in twenty nineteen, so we'll find out. Well, then we will have to give that a watch and see if your your predetermined version of what that movie will be comes out to be correct. I'm sorry, man. Uh you know, as I I'm, I'm I don't I'm a Pixar fan. I don't love them as much as most people do, but I I fucking hate Illumination Studios, dude. Pixar puts them to shame. Illumination Studios is like the shitty discount version of Pixar. What have they made? Uh, they've made Despicable Me, one through three, and Minions. First one, good. Second one, cash grab. Third one, cash grab. Minions, one of the worst things that have ever been laid upon human... All of society. Uh, they made Dr. Seuss, uh, the Lorex. Not very good. That was... That was... That was interestingly bad. Um, they made Sing, which not not as horrible I as liked I expected. Sing. Yeah, Yeah, actually, I liked it. Matthew McConaughey. Alright, alright, alright. The Secret Lights of Pets, which I did not see. I don't know if it was good or bad. I don't know what that movie is or if it's good or not, but I wonder if the pets are nice. And they made another, like, horrible like, bottom of the barrel movie called Hop about the Easter Bunny. You know, the wrapping Easter bunnies and the like. Hop? Who plays the Easter Bunny? Russell Brand. <laughs> I did not see that coming. Of, of course. I thought you were going to say like Ice Cube. You said Rapping Bunny. And I was like, definitely Ice Cube. Can't not be Ice Cube. Russell Brand? Wow. Out of nowhere. <laughs> Hugh Laurie is also uh, He's the, the the Easter Rapids father in that movie. Bad movie, I guess. I've never seen it. I'm just looking at the poster now, and it looks like dog shit. <laughs> it doesn't look great. They also made Alvin and the Chipmunks. Oh, well, Alvin and the Chipmunks. You can't ever go wrong with Alvin and the Chipmunks. If you're watching Alvin and the Chipmunks, you've already looked past how their voices sound and how annoying that is. So you're signed up. Yeah, this is the studio who, when Nintendo was looking around, they're like, oh, they got Disney Animation Studios. Okay, Pixar. Nah, nah, get us the minions, guys. They'll do this justice. Minions are tiny little yellow pills fed to children to keep them dumb. That's my official of uh, my official Minions take. They also did Ice Age. Ice Age is the only good thing Animation okay. Studios is. Doing. Oh wow. Yeah, Ice Age is freaking amazing. Ray Romano as a mastodon. You freaking kidding me? As a Snubulopagus? You going to What do you <laughs> Dennis Leary? So good. But yeah, I think uh Wally definitely up there for Pixar movies for me. Again, I think Pixar has this thing where, like, the movie starts strong and then meander, like, and, and the movie Up starts really strong, and then as soon as they introduce, like, the subplot with the giant dodo, my eyes just glaze over. <laughs> you, you don't like Jar Jar Binks. When Jar Jar gets introed into every single movie as, you know, some other different character, but they're all Jar Jar Binks. Right. You don't like him in either case. Yeah, there's a movie, uh, Treasure Planet, if anybody's seen that one. It's not a well-loved Disney movie, but it was like their last traditionally animated film. And it's so good, and then the Jar Jar character appears in the second act, and you're like, fuck. Who's Jar Jar in Treasure Planet? Um, So in Treasure Island, there's this. they come across... Oh, Treasure Island, my bad. So, no, no, but in the, in the book, Treasure Island, they come across this, this guy who's been shipwrecked at sea, and so he's kind of crazy, right? So in Treasure mm-hmm. Planet, they come across a robot with the same backstory, and he's not funny. Oh yeah, that's okay. Hey, there's a dark axiom theory that I think is pretty interesting that I found on the internet. Would you like to hear this long diatribe of a theory that I that is pretty weird? Go for it. Okay, so one common question about Wally is why, after the recolonization cancellation, was the axiom still sending out probes? Like, why was it still looking for life if they were definitely not? They didn't want, and by and large, and the the classified brass didn't want them ever to go back. But the special features, I guess, explain that Otto's just a robot. He's not evil or good. He just listens to orders. He was told in the event of going home, don't. But he was never explicitly told, never stop doing the probes. So he didn't. So it's just another feather in the cap for the robots are not in any way, shape, or form the bad guys in this movie. By and large, in the human race as a whole is. And a hero, like the hero of the movie, is a robot from Earth. The one and only robot on Earth. Robot Jesus that gained a personality and just kept going a decent amount of the robots on the axiom have gained a personality Eve has Mo has Bernie has these robots have personality. Like before Wally waved at them, they had a personality, you know, Hmm. and Wally had to gain one by himself. He was the only one who was actually able to do so one on earth. As we see, I mean, maybe there's on the other side of the earth, there are more wallies and they're doing, and they have found also like their kind of collectibles, but It stands to reason, like, a robot that is with people will gain a personality faster in in most mediums, most entertainment mediums, including on the Axiom. So, along with that, we also have the captains on the Axiom, whom are a good, like, example of how the life expectancy of humans are now at, like, 170 years. But all the robots are actually immortal as well like they uh, the robots on the ship are always going to come back to life as long as the the people are alive which is 170 years it's still not immortal because they you know they go to the repair deck that goes insane eventually and gets fixed so the choice of a robot's death in the axiom and on that world is the humans to choice but not for wally he fights back against time with him on earth there's no robot that can be discarded on Earth. He's the only one that's there and he won't discard himself. Because he's Robot Jesus, Wally, he'll live forever. So when the robots get back to Earth, doesn't it stand to reason that they won't allow themselves to be dis- disassembled anymore because Wally wouldn't? Right. Huh. And life expectancy will get shorter on Earth because even if you're at 170, you're probably going to lose some years because of gravity. Like, this is a race. The human race hasn't dealt with back problems for 700 years Right, or, you know, uh, airborne illness (laughs) like. Right. Exactly. From an earth that you have left for this long and you don't really know. Like so life expectancy is going to go down. Robots can no longer be taken apart because robot Jesus is like I was resurrected and no robots ever going to die ever again. And why would robots die? A graphic in this movie shows that the Axiom started with 600,000 people 700 years ago, and that it's now down at the population of less than 10,000. That puts the population declined at 842 people die every year. So, you know, in 12 years from when this movie is, if they had just stayed on the Axiom, they would have died. Everybody would be dead, right? So they were actually running out of time, and they didn't know that they were. They were really flying on a floating death trap, basically. Yeah, and there are four to six more ships that took off when the Axiom took off, but they're not the flagships, so you can assume that they're a little smaller. The ultimate fate of these ships is unclear. We don't really know if they made it. But if the Axiom has like 10k people on it, you'd assume that this these other ships have like two to five, 2.5 or 5k people on it. So you know when you like if you, all six actually uh, survived and they get back to Earth. It's like a total of forty five thousand people. That's like the population of Earth now. and you do that and then people only live to like hundred and twenty even with technology being better, you know their knees are bad now. Hmm. Uh, and this all leads to where that's happening while the robots are not dying anymore. And then the second question that is usually asked about Wally is how do all the people eat on the ship? right? They're eating humans. Yeah, exactly. That's the theory, dude. That's you called the theory. That's nuts, actually. So in the film script, it mentions that one of the captain's duties is to maintain the regenerative food buffet. And the prevailing theory is that Otto has tasked the ship with liquefying the dead, the 800 something dead every year, and feeding them to each successive generation. This would also explain the fallen population since the narrative value could decline each time a corpse is recycled. Fuck. So, yeah, right. Back on Earth after they get back, people are living shorter lives after possibly eating each other unbeknownst to them for 700 years, and robots with personalities are living forever. If I were Robot Jesus, and I were fed up with the humans one day who just kept dying, and I witnessed the cycle of war and hate while they come back, and they, you know, there's plants on Earth, but they still all hate each other. They were empathetic and nice on the ship when they had nothing and no war and nothing to worry about, but now that their knees hurt, they hate each other again. If you were Robot Jesus, wouldn't you one day perhaps understand the fact that humans, or like maybe you would be like, if you want to like rip the humans apart, you could be like, you know what you guys used to do? Eat each other. Right. Anywho, I think Wally becomes Terminator basically. Like, even if they get back to Earth and they've been eating each other for 700 years and the robots never die, I still think the humans die eventually and Robot Jesus, Wally, is like an iRobot. He's the leader. This is my this is my theory that that Wally eventually will just be the leader of Earth and all the humans will be dead anyway. Yeah, I mean they've got nothing left to eat except humans and roaches, and the roaches even if you eat them they'll they still don't die. Right, they just, they just come out from the inside. They come out and honestly, it's like a spa for them. All right, so Ryan, I I'm gonna pitch you the next movie we watch. Oh my god! Okay. So I'm, I'm hoping this is a movie you've never seen because Wally was a movie I never saw. I don't think you've seen this one because I don't think many people have. Okay, it is the uh, science fiction horror classic The Stepford Wives, not the 1975 classic Criterion Collection film, but the 2004 remake. And listen to this cast: starring Nicole Kidman, Matthew Broderick, Wow, Bette Midler, wow. Christopher wow. Walken, Glenn Close, and Faith Hill faith hill right you know one of those people in that cast committed manslaughter <laughs> that's true well probably more than one just it secretly. was faith hill
0: <laughs> um, it was not faith hill. so yeah don't, i think we'll
1: enjoy don't. that it's uh it's a it's a razzy worthy film and it takes place in fairfield connecticut oh man <laughs> that's close to where i am right now and where you grow up but far away from where you are currently So join us next week when we recap and view the 2000 film The Stepford Wives. Thanks for listening. If you're just listening, that means a lot to us. If you want to go the extra mile, you can follow us on SoundCloud. You can follow us on Twitter at WestworldRyan. If you got something you want us to say on the show, you can tweet at us or you can email us at thewestworldpodcast at gmail.com. If you really want to go the extra mile, you can leave us a positive review on the Apple Podcast app, which will help other people to find the show. And finally, we want to say a thank you to all of our Patreon patrons. Yep. Thank you, Richard Hunter, Major Woody, John Jers, Carol Andradez, and Baca Man. Thank you very, very much, guys. You are helping us keep afloat in the off days of Westworld. We don't even have Game of Thrones yet. We're in the aughts, James. It's, right? We're in the. No, that's. <laughs> is it the aughts? Is that what this we means? We can call it that, sure. Oh, man. I love the aughts. I'm James. And I'm Ryan, and this is the West World Podcast